Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know you can still enjoy the finer things while on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode and meet today's host, Rachel Clark, our co-host and resident astro bombshell. Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. I am today's host and Chakra Girl Co's resident astrologer, Rachel Clark, and we are a community of multidimensional women on a mission to make the world more consciously chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. Today, we have the founder and CEO of Rasa Lofa Vander Mersch. Rasa is an adaptogen-rich blend of coffee alternatives, revolutionizing people's relationship to their energy. Welcome to the show, Lofa. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It is a pleasure to be here. And hello to everyone listening. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so excited. It's been a long time coming on this podcast, guys. And I've been so excited to talk to Lopa about this because listen, as entrepreneurs, we all know that energy is something that is kind of like a common thread amongst us that it almost just feels like man, like, where is it? Like, how do we access it? We're just constantly finding different ways to access our energy, to amplify our energy. And Lopa's going to give us the rundown on how to have more consistent and sustainable energy. So I'm super excited about that. And speaking of things that we're excited about, let's start the show on a high note. Today, I am the most excited about being in my brand new apartment. I moved in yesterday. You guys can't see it, but like I have my bed on the floor. It's actually a temporary bed. It's an air mattress as I'm waiting for everything to come in. And like the excitement of having a brand new, fresh space to just like fill it with all of my favorite things. It's going to be really great. And I have an awesome playlist set up for like cleaning and organizing today. And also the moon is in Virgo. So it's a great time to do just that. So I'm super excited. What are you excited about today, Lupa? I am super excited. Last week, we just launched our creamer, creme de la creamer. So we set out to make the world's most functional, healthy creamer that's beautifying and helps with calm focus and flow. And uh, so yeah, that and um, we're also it's busy time over here. We're in the middle of doing our private crowdfunding round and in about a month, we're going to launch it to our customer base. So we're actually doing our first capital raise. This is our first time getting outside capital and uh, really just so excited about the model of becoming community owned as a business and what that actually can do, having our community really as stakeholders where when we do well, you do well. So super, wow. super excited about that. Wow. Yes, I can. I can absolutely feel and see why. That's that's incredible. Congratulations on that. So moving into the next segment, let's do a little shocker shout out here today. Let me put y'all onto something. And I just have a feeling that, you know, like you guys are my people. You probably already know her. But in case you don't, like even if this, even if one person finds her today, I will be happy. Alina Baraz, she is an artist, she's a musical artist, and I have known about her since like 2016 or maybe it was 2015. I saw her on a stage at Electric Forest in Michigan, where I'm from, and I absolutely fell in love with her. And since then, she's kind of been like a little bit of a soundtrack to my life. I absolutely adore her music and it just takes you places. Like it is, it, it's it's one of those, it's like a psychedelic experience just listen to, listening to her. Um, my favorite album by her is Urban Flora. Definitely go check it out download it, add it to every playlist that you have. It's great for embodiment work. It's great for cleaning and sifting and sorting like I'll be doing today, but also even just like laying down, putting on some headphones and going on a trip. 
you'll absolutely adore it. Like I said, Lopa, who would you like to shout out today? Well, first I want to say you accomplished your mission. I am one person who has just found out about Alina Perez. I'm definitely going to add her to my list. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm very yes. excited about that. That's new. Um, and I would like to shout out a friend of mine's business, Lotus Way. They do incredible flower elixirs. Uh, flower essences. And uh, they just came out with an, two new products called Sacred Body. And I, she sent me a couple of them a few weeks ago. And since having them, it's a lot of like sort of reclaiming, reclaiming our, the sacred space of our body. And I, and especially sort of expunging that, which is no longer serving. And I think for so many of us right now, she, she formulated it specifically for like this time. And so much of the heaviness that's going on and that we're all sort of taking on as part of our energetic structure without fully being aware of it. It's mm -hmm. since I've been taking it and I've been using the crap out of it. Um, I have felt like I was really feeling pretty heavy and like brought down by the world, my own life circumstances, the challenges that I have. And since taking it, it's like, I just feel like I'm, my own energy is flowing better and I'm able to handle everything better. So the sacred body, there's a facial mist and a elixir that she does with these beautiful wildflower honeys. Um, so highly recommend that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm well now I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm obsessed with flower essences. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to check that out. Thank you. Yeah. For and also just like for that shout out, that's, that's incredible. So let's get into our slumber party questions. What is your current morning ritual? My current morning ritual, so I have kids, um, so they sort of, in, to some extent, dictate my morning ritual, and I'm really working on my sleep. My sleep has been a challenge for a while, so I've actually sacrificed doing morning practice just so that I can make sure that I'm consistently getting eight hours, because that just changes the energy of my entire day. And so basically I'm waking up and I meditate in bed. I've actually been doing lying down meditations, mostly because my three-year-old comes and snuggles with me. And if I like stand up then he'll be like, Oh, we're waking up now. Yeah. But if I lie down and just snuggle him, he'll stay asleep. So then I have some time. So I'm been mostly the last few weeks meditating on impermanence and just the ever changing nature of everything and how none of this is static or certain or you know including our own lives and the humility that comes with that uh the humility and the vivaciousness because it's like yeah. let's get it now you know we're alive let's do it and then uh, i do morning kid stuff you know um usually i drink actually i have a, a bowl of tea or a few bowls of tea with my husband and then kids breakfast changed off to school and then after that i practice kalari which is an ancient indian martial art and uh, actually those of you listening won't be able to see this, but I, I move the table in my room. So I actually have this table up on its thing because I haven't put it back yet. Um, yes. So that I can do all these kicks and this, it's a really beautiful martial art that is both a very intense physical practice and also a path to liberation of its own and a, a path to awakening Kundalini. And um, so, yeah, I do that for an hour with a teacher in India named Nikhil. And, um, and then I start my work day. Oh, yes. And, you know, like, it's so interesting, because one of my new practices that I've taken on since being in Hawaii, and like the listeners know that I, I went there. But what they don't know is that I was supposed to only be there for two weeks, I ended up staying for two months. And um, one of the Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have seen her face. She was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was, 
it was such a beautiful vacation. And one of the things that I took on for a morning practice was doing a death meditation every single morning and confronting death, confronting the fact that I will not be here forever. And I feel so alive now. Like I've, like I said, I've taken it on. I do it every single morning now. And just like this feeling of kind of like confronting the fact that there is an end just has a way of making you feel so alive and, and kind of like reinstating that mission and that purpose into your each and every day, each and every moment. Um, so yeah, really beautiful. What are your favorite crystals? I am such a sucker for Labradorite. I have like probably four pieces around my room right now. Um, I also have right next to me a beautiful Celestite. And I mean, these are the ones that are sort of in my world right now. And then I just got a really beautiful quartz. I'm kind of obsessed right now with like going back to the meditation around impermanence and death. Um, I'm obsessed with just like the clearest, clearest quartz um, yes. because that to me reflects that spaciousness from which we all arise and that awareness that is always accessible to us. And so when I see it, I use it as a trigger to bring me back to that more awake, more open, more spacious state, more clear. So, and then Labradorite has just, as soon as I, the first time I ever saw it, I was like, that's mine. What is it? Yes, exactly. So that makes me actually really curious too. What, what is your Zodiac sign or if you know your sun, moon and rising? Yes. So I am much more familiar with Vedic astrology. Um, okay. Beautiful. That works. I, so what, what, what's interesting is in Western astrology, I have five planets in Scorpio in Vedic, all of my Scorpios turn to Libras. So there's some interesting, like I've always been curious about how to reconcile, like I resonate with the Scorpio stuff, but there was some stuff that didn't totally make sense. And then it kind of makes sense on the Libra side. And it's just really interesting, that whole dialogue there. My So my son is Scorpio and Vedic, or Scorpio and Western and Libra and Vedic. My rising is Gemini in Western and Taurus in Vedic. And moon is Leo in both because of where the planet sits. Okay, gotcha. Yes, because so there's certain crystals that are like not very grounding for like a lot of the like earthy watery energy but that are for more airy energy and then you know vice versa and so I was just really curious like if some of those different crystals might be like more grounding for you and I've I've actually found that clear quartz can be really grounding for Scorpios and so I love that you said that um that makes a ton of sense and yeah I recently have also been looking into like my Vedic astrology and seeing seeing both sides it's like it gives you a more complete and whole idea of you know who you are and who your soul is so I've I've also been exploring that for sure and and I I resonate with the whole like I resonate with with this like absolutely and there's like maybe some things that I don't but then it's like compensated for on the other side and so yeah like I said also been exploring that so If you were to reincarnate as anything, what or who would you be and why? Okay, so I love this question. And I love the context and and the people who are listening because I feel like I can can give my real answer in a way that (laughs) might not be totally available to like other places. Um, So in Buddhist and tantric traditions, they talk about these wisdom beings who can incarnate at will. And that they're just here to help people awaken and they can come into any body, they can come into any form, any shape, 
And like, that's a very high stage of enlightenment is that because you're so identified with the totality of consciousness, consciousness can just come and be like, whoop, uh, this person needs a message right now. Like I'm going to, you know, and not, and not everybody can see them because they don't have physical bodies and the whole thing, but I would be a Dakini or one of these wisdom beings that can incarnate at will to help awaken humanity from the suffering of being ourselves. Oh, wow. That is like, that is the best answer I think I've ever received on that question. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing all of those. So tell us about how you met adaptogens, your adaptogen awakening, and how Rasa became the sensation that it is today. Yeah, thanks for the question. So to be clear, I've been into adaptogens since way before they were cool. Um, <laughs> um, just to, you know, like be hipster on you. Yes, the OG. Totally. Yeah, I started taking them, I guess like 15 years ago, something like that. And started with ashwagandha and rhodiola um, and shatavari. And some of that came through. I was studying Ayurveda at that time. And so, you know, ashwagandha and shatavari are very popular in Ayurveda. And so I was getting to know those herbs there and also had a boyfriend who was just obsessed with adaptogens and would use them to like party really hard and then not have to, you know, like suffer yes. the consequences, yes, no um, <laughs> which is not the best way to use these things, guys, just so everybody's li who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a great adaptogen herbalist out there who says many, many times in all of any podcast he does or anything, he's like, adaptogens are not a replacement for a healthy lifestyle. Um, and so very important to notice, note that, but they also can be effective if you do, you know, push too hard or party too hard or whatever. It can be a good, um, uh, before and after to kind of help balance your system. So yeah, was, you know, into them for a long time, loved them, used them a lot, got to know several of the herbs. Um, I think I can say, I don't, well, this is my own experience. So I can say maca and ashwagandha were a big part of me, uh, my experience in healing myself, my uh, self from, yes, Hashimoto's. So I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I still have, I'm still hypothyroid, but um, I'm, my Hashimoto's has been completely clear for years now. So, um, and I use those herbs religiously and really could feel the relationship, you know, could feel, you know, I think that's one of the really valuable things about developing a relationship with the herbs and the plant and the energy of them. I mean, getting into like, how are we cultivating our energy? It's like realizing that we're in relationship with everything all the time. And so the more we can make that conscious, the more that we can actually reap the benefits of that mutually that mutual relationship the mutual mutuality of it it's not all like a one-way thing so anyway sorry that's going on a little tangent there but <laughs> well, it's all um, good <laughs> so I was taking ad adaptions for a long time had like just a monumentally stressful year in 2015 I was I actually found myself in a cult I left the cult I had an emergency back surgery while I was pregnant with my first kiddo moved across the country had a death in the family emergency traumatic cesarean birth falling out with my family of origin like and that was all in six months it was, and I was just like fried completely fried and tremendously stressed and needed something to keep me going because now I had a gorgeous little baby waking me up every two hours at night and uh, I tried coffee and it was just like a hard no you know <laughs> my body was just like yeah. anxiety panic attacks like my sleep was more messed with it was just not the right fit and so I looked at all the coffee alternatives out there being like well there's got to be something you know like 
just really, I, you know, I, I'm sure somebody has already invented the perfect coffee alternative that has like incredible herbs in it and energizes you, but also nourishes you and replenishes you because we're all pretty burned out just existing in modern society. And I was like, what? Nobody's done this yet? Like, how has this not happened? Um, so I was like, well, let me do it. You know, why not? And that also actually for me and my own personal experience, I'm not saying this should be everyone's experience, but I, I was in, I had a lot of trauma and I was, had complex PTSD at that time. And somehow having something to tether me to being of, of service and to making an offering to the world that kind of started straight from my stress point. It was like, I was turning the crap of my stress into gold by giving, you know, by giving it to somebody else in this way. It was this thread of golden inspiration, you know, and I, and I held on tight. And I think that I could have probably collapsed a little bit in the trauma if I didn't have that something to tether me to that in that way. So at that point I worked with an herbalist. Um, and I think this is a important distinction, especially in today's day and age, there's a lot of companies out there you know, putting a trendy ingredient or several trendy ingredients into a thing and then being like, there you go. And and it's very different when you have somebody who actually has studied herbalism and what are the energetics of all these plants and how does that impact our consciousness on multiple levels? And how are we ensuring that this is as safe as possible for the most people as possible over a long period of time, even if they drink 10 cups a day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was in 2015, hard launched the business in 2018, um, which was actually when I was four months post or four weeks postpartum with my second son, um, which was really not the timing that I was going for. It was supposed to be like six months before that, but you know, logistics and so many different things. So I'm like in bed, like covered in bodily fluids as you are postpartum and (laughs) slacking from my phone. All right, the website launched and we need this copy edit and you know, (laughs) stuff. And uh, yeah, so that was April, 2018. So we've been going strong, very strong uh, since then. And I think, you know, some of that comes from, you're asking sort of how it became the sensation that it is today. Some of it is just, we, we hit a nerve in terms of people realizing that coffee is diminishing returns energy. And we need uh, regenerative energy, especially for the type of lifestyle. And especially for those of us who are listening, you're like, we're all cultivating our sensitivity and we're all, you know, like tuning into, you know, more subtle energetics and that sort of thing. And coffee is very not subtle. Um, You know, it's very not subtle to your nervous system, to your endocrine system, to, you know, all of these different, it actually triggers a stress response that you get high off the cortisol spike. That's really what's, what's ending up happening. And so there's more and more people that I think are starting to realize that dependency on coffee and the way that many of us use it um, is actually not going to serve our, our highest good. And I'm sure there are many of you listening who are like, uh, coffee is fine for me and please shut it up. <laughs> I don't need your advice here. And it's not about, you know, there's nuance in all this. It's not about coffee being the devil and you have to quit coffee. It's about having right relationship with the things that you are taking into your body. And so many of us actually have a only semi-conscious relationship with coffee. And, you know, in our culture, we tend to do the coffee and wine, you know, kind of uppers and downers cycle. And we use coffee often to override our body signals where we're, it's like, I'm tired, drink coffee. You know, like the, the real way, you know, is like, I'm tired. Okay. What can I reschedule or, okay, maybe I can't reschedule anything. Cause I'm a busy mom entrepreneur and everything's kind of crazy. I like, I get that. That's me sometimes, but 
okay, I can put my one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly and breathe deeply five times, you know, or I can go and get my bare feet on the grass if you have access to grass or, you know, like what, how are we resourcing ourselves? And then if you're not dependent on coffee, when you use it, it's magic. It's like (laughs) incredible. Coffee's amazing. I love coffee. Um, and I probably have it like twice a month at this point, you know, that's my, my relationship to coffee and that's what works for me. And for some people, it might be a daily thing that, you know, you have your cup a day and that cup works really well for you, but you don't want it in the afternoon because it messes with your sleep or you don't, you want a second cup, but you go for something more nutritive and replenishing like Rasa instead of a second cup of coffee or, or maybe two cups works really well for you, but that third cup is where you, you know, like you have to find your right relationship. And I will like close that off by also saying, if you've never quit coffee or if you haven't for like many years, I do recommend trying it as a way to recalibrate your energy to your natural inner energy source. And then you can also see like, what is my relationship with coffee? Oh, wait, I've been totally addicted and dependent on it. And I didn't even realize, you know, sometimes they, these things can seep in and we don't even fully realize it. So um, it is good to take a break if you haven't already. Um, Anytime we fast from anything, it tells us so much about a relationship to that thing, whether it's technology and social media, whether it's alcohol, whether it's coffee, sugar, you know, all the things, whether it's relationships, you know, like take a fast and you'll learn about your relationship to that thing so, so much in its absence. Oh my gosh, totally. And I have to add, you know, the entire time that I was in Hawaii, I don't, I think maybe I had like, one cup of coffee and I used to own a coffee shop like (laughs) the fact that I've like completely cut back on it um and also just become so much more conscious of my relationship with it and actually like the addiction that was there so much has shifted and, and changed in my life and so I second that whole you know like try quitting coffee or whatever like your thing is try quitting it and and almost like like you said like fasting with it a little bit and then then come back to it and and see what you find, like see what you find in that, you know, period in between. And then also when it comes back into your life and really observe, like there's so much power in that. So tell us, why did you choose the name Rasa? Great question. So my co-founder and I, uh, at the beginning, um, she's no longer with the business, but we were both drumming this up together. We both had a long history with Ayurveda and Indian arts and many different aspects. And, you know, I've, have considered myself Hindu for basically, you know, since I was an adult and found that I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm Hindu. I just happened to come in a white body um, this time. And we both were just ruminating around, like, there's something Rasa, something, I don't know. Rasa just keeps coming up. And the reason being Rasa is a very potent uh, word in Sanskrit. So it means taste. It means nectar. It means alchemy. It means the study of longevity. And that was actually Rasayana in Ayurveda is the study of longevity. And that actually was a really interesting one because the way that we tend to our energy can really contribute to our longevity and the quality of energy that we have in our lives. I had a teacher that used to tell me, you know, we get a finite number of breaths per life. Like, let's just say you get, you know, whatever it is, a trillion breaths. Like, do you want to use that fast or slow? You know? And so like, if we, if we look at the spectrum of like, we get a certain spectrum of energy, how do we want to use that in in this lifetime? Um, Extending the quality of energy and like the more subtlety that you can experience. And so it's not just like hard and fast and let's go. Yes. And then you burn out and you die, you know, (laughs) coming back to um, our impermanence and death chat earlier. Yes. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, a little more slowness in our breaths actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, rasa is also the way a piece of art makes you feel. So the rasa of the musician that you were mentioning earlier, um, whose name I just forgot, so you're gonna have to text it to me oh, afterwards. I was gonna say, I'm gonna have to email you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like that's that's rasa, that feeling of like whatever, whatever that does to you, the way that it opens us, the way that um, art and music open us, um, that's a rasa as well. And then rasas are also the nine ways of experiencing the divine, the nine, which they could, call they that you can also call the nine emotions but the emotions actually are access points to our inner energy as well oh. um, so it was just a powerful beautiful name and we were like okay this 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 is what we'd like to put out into the world oh yes so beautiful okay so let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no, it's not that hippy dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz. And every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant. And I get so many compliments on it. It's called the sunray necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows. And we have an entire fifth dimension 5d consciousness collection. If you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of The Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic, don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes, a discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. So sometimes it kind of feels like the world runs on coffee a little bit. And so we just had that chat about, about coffee and like, you know, let's consider like quitting coffee or, or utilizing alternatives that are actually more powerful in the way that like they can actually sync up with your energy and amplify it in more ways than one. So let's do a little like adaptogen 101 for mm. anybody who is not super familiar, but just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Adaptogens are an amazing class of herbs and they're trending right now. And so I think there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I kind of get it, right? Adaptogens. But then they're like, but what is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're a class of herbs that at the most simple level, they help your body to adapt to stress. And so that, that, that adapt is in there. On the psychoenergetic level, um, I'm going to go across a couple of different levels here. These are herbs that tend to grow 
in very extreme environments. Um, so like they're the ones that you'll see at like very high altitudes growing out of the side of a rock and that's rhodiola primarily. And, you know, ashwagandha can basically like just does not really need water, which is why they love to grow it in India because it's very cheap on the inputs and et cetera, et cetera. They all have tend to have this, this characteristic of thriving in stress. And so when we take that plant consciousness into our bodies, we're getting a little bit of that, that imprint of like, oh, this is what it's like to thrive where you're planted, you know, to thrive in the conditions that you have, which for the vast majority of us is a stressful context because I think modern, modern life is not really humane. It's not really designed for humans in, in so many different kinds of ways. And so um, having that little imprint from the plant consciousness is, is very, very valuable. And then on the scientific level, what they're actually doing, to put it a little bit over simply, um, and then I'll go less simple, they're giving some of your own energy back to you because you're spending less of it fighting stress because your body is actually stronger and more able to deal with stress. And the way that it does that is it actually, your body has two main pathways that it uses to communicate to your adrenals that you're under stress. And that's when your adrenals are like, cool, uh, cortisol, let's send out the cortisol, let's do the thing. And that is your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, your HPA axis. Um, And when that is not working, that's actually what we tend to call adrenal fatigue in today's day and age. Adrenal fatigue is actually a misnomer. It's HPA axis dysfunction. It's that your HPA axis, which is your endocrine system pathway for, you know, the, when you're sending hormones down to your adrenals and saying, Hey, we need some, some cortisol here that goes into overdrive. And then it either gets too exhausted or it's pumping out cortisol all the time. Or so adaptogens work with that HPA axis, as well as what's called your sympathoadrenal system, which is your nervous system pathway and literally strengthens strengthens those systems. And the way it does that is kind of interesting. It's like the uh, vaccine perspective or like the allergy, allergy shot kind of perspective where you give a little bit of stress or you give a little bit of the thing that is, you know, it's like the, there is a word for this in science and I'm forgetting completely what it is. And so I'm like bouncing all over the place. trying to. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Okay. So let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no, it's not that hippy dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz. And every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant. And I get so many compliments on it. It's called the sunray necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows. And we have an entire fifth dimension 5d consciousness collection. If you are ready to go super deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of the Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself, get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off 
anything on the shop. Yes, a discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use Chakra Girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. Yes. So they, they basically mimic stress Yes. and, but in a good way. So it's like, I'm sure people are like, uh, I don't need anything to mimic stress. I have plenty of real stress in my own life. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> But the mimicking is actually, it's a U stressor, which E-U stressor, um, which means good. That's the Greek prefix for good. It's a good stressor. So like exercise, you know, exercise is actually stressing out your body and stressing out your muscles, and then they get stronger because of it. And so they're literally doing that to your stress response system. So your stress response system is literally getting stronger. So that five pound weight of stress that was like way too much two weeks ago is suddenly like now you're at a 10 pound and you're like, Hey, I'm actually like doing okay with this amount of stress. And so what that does practically in real terms is you get a little buffer between you and the stress response. You're not, your body's not freaking out as quickly and as intensely or for as long um, while when you have adaptogens in your system. And that little buffer is what helps you, you know, sort of look at your life and be like, okay, wait, what am, you know, what can I do to reduce the amount of stress load that I have? Or like, okay, I really am a little bit depleted today. You know, can I cancel something? Can I, you know, what's really essential here? And so no product, no herb, no anything is going to fix the circumstances of our lives. And as I was telling you that that herbalist talks about like adaptogens are not a replacement for a healthy lifestyle. Like it's not about keeping, there's this terrible study, um, this scientific study that they did at one point where they gave mice in a, they put them in a bucket. It's horrible. I'm so sorry to like tell trigger warning animal abuse in a scientific study, but they put mice in a bucket and they gave some adaptogens and they gave some, didn't give some adaptogens and they there was basically some mice that used the adaptogens just to swim longer and, and until they drowned and they were able to keep paddling until they drowned. And then some actually found that there was a little ladder getting out and some actually used the adaptogens to take the ladder out. And that's what you need to do. need to do. You need to be the mice that finds the ladder and not just be like, I'll keep swimming. I'll keep swimming. I'll keep swimming until I die. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like this gives you another alternative and like you said like that buffer space to like actually look around you and see what's present like are there other ways are there more modalities that I can tap into 100 percent yeah so how can quitting coffee help us to access more of our own divinity and our higher selves absolutely yeah so going back to like what what coffee actually does in the body in terms of triggering a stress, stress response when we're in that place, though there are certainly like coffee can increase blood flow to the brain and all this good stuff, but basically anytime you're operating from a stressed place um, and from a stress response, you are not accessing your full high self. You're not actually in your cognitive executive fun- function, which is that front part of the brain, the, the decision-making, the reasoning, the, the intelligence and that higher intelligence as well. And so if you are like, I mean, to even take it a step further, like if you are waking up and you have, you're, you're gifted a certain amount of energy in the morning, you know, and that might be not, not enough. It might not feel like enough because you've been pushing yourself too hard because 
society's demands are really freaking intense because there's systems of oppression on so many different levels. I mean, all of it, <clears throat> but still you wake up with certain, a certain amount that you're gifted with. And if you build the habit of, I'm going to override whatever this is and use coffee to be like, I can still do the things. I can still keep doing more. I can still blah, blah, blah. I can still, and some of this, you know, we, we sometimes don't see that there are more things that we can do. We just get stuck in our lives and our current mindset. And we're like, no, this is just how it is. And everything is hard. And, you know, and, and sometimes coffee can keep us in that rigid framework. Cause we're just, we're not considering the whole system. We're just like, I need to just take care of the to-do list for today, yeah. et cetera. And then that also is actually starting a disconnect. And I'm, I'm like showing on my hands, which nobody can see except for you. Um, <laughs> starting a disconnect between mind and body. So you're actually using your mind to override your body with the help of coffee. And you do that a little bit and it's like, okay, and you can get back to normal and you can snap back to, to calibrated and high integrity, but you keep doing that and you're getting a little further away and a little further away and a little further away. And then eventually there's a debt to collect in your energy with the body. And also you don't even know what your inner energy is. You don't even know, like you're not even connected to the real inner source of your energy. You're just borrowing uh, an external source of energy, which coffee fundamentally functions as. And the way that adaptogens work, because they're actually working with the homeostasis of the body and helping you to, your body to find balance, they're actually working with your body more and on deeper levels and more holistically. So it's a toning and strengthening kind of energy as opposed to like a energy I like, I just kind of kickstart my central nervous system to, to keep going kind of thing. So that mind body connection, like that is, that is man and nature. That is, you know, like so many different spectrums that's yin and yang. That's all of it. And we want that to be in balance. We want that to be together. And again, like, I'm not saying you can't have coffee. Um, and I know that sometimes I'm probably speaking in a way that maybe sounds like, well, if you wake up and then you have coffee, but it's about how you're using it. So you need to apply your own awareness and your own cognitive executive function to see, like, am I using this in a way that our chief herbalist is also talking about this the other day? Like, are you consciously engaging with this plant and how it is changing you? And anytime that we take plant consciousness in in it affects us and we're kind of borrowing some of that plant consciousness and so like is this a conscious relationship or is this you know is this a little bit of an abusive relationship yeah. um and so i would say that adaptogens tend to lend themselves to more of a conscious relationship and i would say that coffee tends to lend itself more to an abusive relationship um in the sense that it's also very addictive physically dependency driving in the in the body um and so it can tend to work when all those addictive you know mechanisms of our minds and all that and kind of can kind of hijack us and take advantage of us in a way so yeah. be very freaking conscious Co coffee's a sneaky one <laughs> yes and like i love the way that you talk about it too because i've i've heard about a million times like all the reasons why coffee is not the best vehicle for the things that we use it for right like all the like different health spectrum and like how it affects the body both short term long term whatever but I have never heard anybody talk about it the way that you are and so just thank you for sharing your perspective this is so awesome like especially as like as you guys know I have ADHD I have the autism it can be very exhausting between the two um like features and tendencies of of 
the neurodivergency. And so, yeah, this is just like completely blowing my mind. And I hope that it's blowing yours too in the best way possible. So and I just have to yeah. shout out to you and your listeners, because I don't normally talk about it in this way, but because I know, and because I did a little research on you and who listens to you and all that, and was just like, okay, I can really go there. For yes. this. So thank you all for your cultivation so that I can share from the deepest place. Oh, yes. So good. There's that Scorpio energy coming out, you guys. There it is. There it is. She's like, I'm going to tell you guys the real tea, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, like, the thing is that Rasa really goes beyond energy management and health. It's also a tool for building a legacy, spiritual connection, activating our creativity. Like, it, it goes so far beyond, um, again, just, like, energy management and, and health. And so, Many of us here, as, as you may have found then, are entrepreneurs, and I myself coach female CEOs and founders, and something that I found is that no matter how phenomenal you are with your boundaries, a very common thread amongst us is feeling that we don't have the time or energy for creativity, and of course, I have my own beliefs around this, that it really is our responsibility to like make the time, make the space for creativity, and to you know hold the space for your art, essentially, because again, that's our responsibility, but what are your best tips and tools for this in particular, like utilizing adaptogens for creativity. I mean, like even your own practices um, for amplifying creativity in your life. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Thanks for the question. I love that. Um, Cause it is so, so important. Like, I feel like that's the divine spark that we're all here to manifest in our own unique way. And so how we connect to that is incredibly important. And I'll come to it maybe from the place of like, I, I certainly know, like I have been in places where I'm like, I am so strapped. I'm so left brain right now. I've been pushing and pushing and, you know, like, I know I'm talking about taking care of your energy and not pushing and doing that. Like reality is we all do it. Like we're all there. And it's about how we snap back to, um, to a more calibrated state, a more balanced state. But when I'm in those places, one of the things that I try and do is just sort of like tune my radar to inspiration. Like, okay, like where do I find the tiniest amount of inspiration and then amplify that? And just like keep following that thread because ultimately creativity is actually my experience. Like it's a little bit of a muscle or it can be Um, like, if you're just in creative flow state all the time, God bless you. You're a very (laughs) lucky, wonderful person. And and please get on the podcast so I can listen and find out how you do this. Um, Absolutely. Taking anybody. (laughs) Applications are open. (laughs) Yes. But uh, so many of us, you know, we're, we're, we're having to, as you were saying, like we're, we're, we're balancing two sides of a spectrum. And so, and the creativity side in today's society often gets a little bit like pushed into more of a productivity space. And it's like, it's a little bit squashed by this this idea of like, well, something needs to come of it. And like, is this going to be the next million dollar idea? And like, well, how do I make a personal brand out of this? You know, and like stuff like that, where really the reality is, is that like deep creativity, you might have like 50 kind of ideas, you know, like they're like fine, but, um, but you have to just sort of stay in relationship to it and keep cultivating that muscle. So when I'm feeling tight and rigid, and not creative and all of that like if a flower catches my eye I'll be like pause I'm gonna look at this flower for like 30 seconds and just be like wow it really is beautiful and like you know and then just like what's the next place where I get a little bit of creativity like oh I wrote this little thing you know like four words that I put together that were kind of like oh actually that's kind of cute you know and then like okay and then celebrate each win 
on the create, like celebrate, be like, wow, I just nurtured my creativity that way. And it starts to get your brain looking for more opportunities like that, because we love to celebrate. We love that dopamine reward. We're like, oh yes. Yeah. See pat on the back. I just did a little creativity thing. Like, and then you keep on dovetailing it until you can. So this is sort of like, I'm giving the message around like how to fish yourself out of like a creative bankruptcy. <laughs> um, so you start with little tiny things and you keep building bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then if you're in a little bit more of a flow with it, I mean, for me, like I time block a lot and I actually time block, like I just put in time for in my calendar for like, okay, I need to do this thing. And that's going to require some creative time. And then I'm going to look at you know, what else is on my schedule that day? Oh, I've got a financial call. Like that's not going to support the creativity that I need to do. So I'm going to go ahead and see if I can move that to Thursday. Cause I'm blocking out this time on Wednesday and that sort of thing, because the context switching between the two sides of our brain can actually be kind of energetically expensive. And so to the extent that I, I kind of try and stack things, um, into like, all right, this is a big creative flow day. And yeah. And then I block off time every morning to be doing deep work. And that's something that I encourage across the entire company. We try not to do emails or slacks or anything like that from basically until about lunchtime. And then that's a time where, you know, you might be doing, it might be more creative work. It might be more, you know, logistical work, depending on your role and that sort of thing. But that's often when I know that I have the space, you know, and then I can also kind of switch if I'm like working on something that occasionally the context switching happens magically, you know, and you're like, you know, I'm reviewing some, I'm using financials as if I actually spend that much time in the financials, which I don't, fortunately, it's not my zone of genius, <laughs> but, um, but like, it's just the polar opposite of creativity in a way for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so if I'm like reviewing financials and then suddenly I get a spark of like, Oh, that email we're going to write, I want to make it like, and then I'll just like, boom, switch over and be like, cool, follow the flow. I see creativity as divine spark. And anytime it shows up, I try to do whatever I can to prioritize it. Yes, totally. So do you have any specific Rasa blends that you would suggest for amplifying creativity or um, maybe helping to guide you towards that divine spark? You know, it's so, it's so particular to our current state. I would say it's like, I, I look, we have eight different blends and each one has different qualities to it. And so often I will sort of like check in with my current state, have that intimacy with my current energy state, and then be like, where am I at and what do I need? And like, if I had to pick three, I would probably pick our bold blend, our, um, which has just a lot of herbs for, it has almost 10,000 milligrams of adaptogens per serving and all geared towards cognition, focus, flow, creativity, you know, like that kind of more brain stuff. And then we have our calm blend. And this is just an interesting contrast. So bold is much more energizing. Calm is definitely calming, but sometimes we need to downregulate to actually access our creativity. We're too high up and we need to like soften and relax and like kind of let it spill out a little bit more. And that's more in like, if you need surrender, like if you need more surrender, like bring calm in and then that's going to help you to find your creativity. And then we have our super happy sunshine blend, which is a mood boosting joy tonic. And sometimes we just need that spark of joy, you know? But then like, on the other hand, there's like, there's our spicy rose blend, which is, um, has a bunch of amazing herbs that are aphrodisiacs. And it's not like, it's going to like, Oh, I'm going to drink a cup and make me horny. It's like, yes. like right now it's more like building that sexual store of energy. Yes. So like, 
if your creativity comes more from, or, or if you're just feeling less embodied, then like actually the spicy rose can help you land more into the sensual experience of existence. And so that's where it comes down to like, you got to kind of like calibrate based on what is your needs. So we all have to be our own coach. We all have to be our own parent. We all have to, you know, be our own mentor in that way and sort of look at like, all right, what is, what is this little being need right now? Like, okay, kind of, you know, like kind of humdrum. So let's go ahead and, you know, do some, some joy or like, wow, like when was the last time you were in your body? Like, are you experiencing the pleasure of existence? Like, cool, go ahead and some, have some spicy rose, or you can also mix and match them. I love calm and joy together. That's my, probably my favorite of all. Um, spicy rose and bold is also amazing together. So yeah, it's sort of a, you know, choose your own adventure choose your own energy adventure. <laughs> yes, totally. And by the way, you guys, they sent me some samples from Rasa and I've been trying them and I've been absolutely loving them. I'm curious, is, is that something that they can purchase as well? Like, um, samples of, of mm -hmm. a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a taster pack. Oh yeah. yes. Okay. 10 out of 10 recommend you guys and then get the full size of absolutely everything. Have it out on the counter. Like I'm about to, <laughs> like, I'm so excited to come back and purchase after I'm done with these. Cause like I said, I've, I've also noticed that my energy is heightened. I can absolutely attest to the whole, like checking in and seeing what kind of adventure, energy adventure you want to go on energy journey. Um, and so where can we purchase Rasa? We are at wearerasa.com. Oh, and we have a discount code for all of you listening. Um, Chakra Girl will get you, uh, let's say, $10 off a purchase of $50 or more. Um, and so you could do like the taster pack and then um, get a our brand new creamer with that or something like that. And that goes well with all the products. Or yeah, $10 oh. off there. Yes. And then Lofa, where can we find you online? Uh, at we are Rasa on Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is Lopa loves you. And, um, then we're also at, uh, we are Rasa on LinkedIn and Facebook and, you know, all the places. Yes. All the places. All right, guys. Well, that's amazing. Make sure that you go check out Lopa and her company Rasa for sure. Like I said, you guys are going to absolutely love these products. Um, and then also just like, you got to hear this entire podcast episode, like how heart centered that Lofa is the company, the company is itself. And then also the products, of course, are it's like they've been heart led to you. And so it's really a very special experience. Um, so we're going to move into the next segment, which is manic moments and manifesting where we share our last meltdown and the manifestations that came out of it. I'm going to go first. So Here's what I didn't tell you guys. I had so much resistance to going to Hawaii. Like, Lopa, this will be all, all new to you, but I also went through like my six months, like you were describing in the beginning, huge falling out with my parents. I had like all these identity shifters with like finding out that I have ADHD. Like I'm not just, um, not just a little bit of a squirrel person. Uh, like I have like an actual neurodivergency and oh yeah, it's not just ADHD. It's also autism um, and everything that comes with that. Also like moving through my own um, like social biases and, and just seeing like where they come up and, and accepting them within me and then outwardly as well. Also moving across the country, getting a divorce, like all of it happened so fast. And I was only in Arizona for 
about a month before I was supposed to leave for Hawaii. And so you guys, like I didn't pack. <laughs> I was throwing a full blown tantrum. I was like, I'm not going to pack. I'm not going to, because then I won't have to go. And I'm also not going to schedule the Uber because then I really won't have to go. And also like, there was a whole thing with, you had to get COVID tested before you go. And there was nowhere to get COVID tested because of the, like, I don't know, so many people are traveling. And so I, I was like, I'm going to have to go through a 10 day quarantine and, and what, like, you know, just this whole thing. But you guys, something possessed me to start packing my bag about 30 minutes before I would have to leave. And then I kept packing the bag and then it was done being packed. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I can call the Uber. And so I call the Uber and I, <laughs> I end up going to Hawaii and I get there. And instantly I knew that it was the best decision that I have ever made in my entire life. It was supposed to be a two week vacation. It turned into a two month stay. I fell in love in Hawaii. I met a beautiful community of people. I had about like 30 different friends that I was hanging out with on the daily. And I've never had that in my entire life. Like that's kind of the shadow side of my neurodivergency is that it's kind of like I can fit in with everybody, but not a hundred percent. Like there, it always kind of seemed like there was a little bit of almost like a language barrier between our minds and our hearts. And, and I couldn't figure out what that was about, but in Hawaii, I found people who felt as deeply as me and, and who, who see me and I'm able to see them so clearly too. And uh, like I said, it just turned into the most beautiful vacation, staycation, whatever you want to call it. I really found home there. And that's, that's the first time that I've felt home truly deeply. So that was my like manic moment. Like I said, full blown tantrum. I was not about to pack. I wasn't about to go, but something possessed me last minute. But like I said, 30 minutes before I had to leave and it just, it turned out so beautifully. And now I'm going back in, in a month for another two months. So <laughs> super excited. All right, Lopa, what about you? The last manic moment and the beautiful manifestation that came out of it. Yeah. I just want to say, I'm really moved by your experience and your experience of community feels really really powerful and what I wish for everyone it's really really beautiful and I'm glad you're going back to keep nurturing that and steep yes. in that goodness thank you thank you awesome and for me so a few weeks ago I had like the busiest most intense month of my career basically from June to July June to mid-July something like that six weeks I was, I looked at my calendar and every single week I was back to back, back to back, like almost all day. And I was asking pretty experienced CEO and investor friend of mine. And I was like, Hi, you know, like, are, she was like, yeah, I'm scheduling out in September. And I was like, are you back to back until September? Because that's what I am. And what is that? Like, how are you doing it? And she was like, oh my God, no, I have like maybe two back-to-back days a week and it exhausts me. And I was like, cool. I've been on five a week for like six weeks, you know? And, and in that process also, like there was just a lot of structural change and I was getting like super just frustrated and exhausted. And like, can I even really do the CEO thing? And, you know, like, I don't even know if this is like going to work. Right. You know, like just hitting my limit. And I, um, took a retreat um, which was like, it sort of happened in my life experience, like where my, my husband was like, Oh, I'm going to take both the boys on a river trip. And I was like, you're taking both the boys. I thought you're just taking one of the boys. You're taking both of them. That means I could be alone for a week. That means I can like do whatever I want. Like I'm going to take off work. I'm taking off work and I'm going alone. Yeah. Um, 
And um, so I did that, which it was not an easy time to do that. There was a lot of things that were like, you should not take a week of vacation right now. Um, but I was like, I need this. I know I need this. I know this space. And while I was there, I was like, I'm not going to think about work. Like I'm done. I am just like taking a break. I need all the breaks. And one, and I let, I gave myself that space. And then, you know, and I was just doing hours of meditation practice a day and reading teachings and chanting a lot of mantra. And in the middle of one of my mantra sessions, I like suddenly was like, oh, uh, cool. Here's the, I'm going to pause that. Here's the book I'm going to write. And like, just suddenly it just like the, the chapters of the book on energy intelligence and how to cultivate our energy intelligence just came out. And then I came back and I had all this clarity about the business was like, actually this person needs to go. It's not the right fit for our business anymore. And that's part of the energy, like not moving freely in the business anymore. And once that happened, it was like, Oh, and then somebody else stepped up to take off some of the things that I don't like to do off my plate. It just suddenly like all these things started like opening up and it was like, I could feel the energy flowing in the business again. And it was all because I, I took a break and, and, and made some changes that needed to be made. So yeah, yeah very excited for all of it. Oh my gosh, totally. And I can, like, I could feel the, the excitement from you when it's like, wait, you're taking both of them. That means that I get to be like alone <laughs> in my own energy. Oh, oh, okay. Now, now I can see where things can flow. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. Oh, so glad that you had that experience. And did you just say that you're writing a book? I'm not writing it yet, but I'm going to. Yes. I'm going to, okay. I actually have a call with a book writing coach on Thursday, which I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, in the process of sort of seeing how we can structure the business so that I can actually have real writing time and write a book and do the book tour and, you know, do all that stuff that comes with it. So yeah, stay tuned. I don't know about when it's going to come, but you know, sometimes probably like a year or at least, but a book on energy intelligence, which is really what we're all about is like, like all that I've been talking about, like you have to decide for yourself. It's about energy intelligence. It's not about having rules or, you know, regulations around these things, or this is good. And this is bad, blah, blah. It's about you cultivating your own inner energy intelligence so that you can make the most out of the energy that we are gifted with in this one precious lifetime. Oh, yes. So good. So this has been such a beautiful chat. Thank you so much. Also, you guys remember to check out Rasa, check out Lopa, and also remember that discount code, it'll be in the show notes for you so that you will have that there as well as all the links. So definitely check her out. Thank you so much, Lopa, for being here and for just sharing your wisdom. It's It's been so beautiful. <laughs> thank mm. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh, of course. And thank you so much to everybody listening. Again, make sure that you check out Lopa and Rasa. Shop Girl Radio will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Chakra Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 